Welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do this a couple of times a week. You can subscribe at iTunes, Heidi Harris Show. And you can also catch my live radio broadcast five days a week at 670 AM KMZQ in Las Vegas. I'm on 8 to 10. You can also check out HeidiHarris.com. That's my website. Well, it was a tough week this week in Nevada with the election. The state mostly turned blue, unfortunately. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time speculating as to whether or not there was voter fraud. A lot of people say there is. I don't really know whether there was this particular time, whether that tips the scales. You know, there's been voter fraud in America of some kind since our very first election in 1790. And, of course, voter fraud throughout the world, wherever people could vote, as long as people have been alive and able to vote. So it's nothing new. I don't know how much of it there was. I do know our Secretary of State will not tolerate it if she actually knows it's happening. I've known her for 22 years, and there's no way that Barbara Sagaski is going to put up with voter fraud. So that doesn't mean, though, that people can't vote with someone else's name or someone else's address or things like that. There's just no way to avoid that. But bottom line, it's just depressing how many people have moved to Nevada who are trying to destroy the state. The biggest issue to me is the influx of Californians we've had who leave California because they can't live there anymore. They can't afford a home. They can't afford the taxes. I have relatives whose homes are paid for in California. They can't afford the property taxes. It's that crazy. Even when your house is paid for, you can't afford to live in the state because of the property taxes. And the problem with that is a lot of the people who continue to vote the bad folks in just leave after they can't stand it anymore. And then they come to Nevada and they vote for the same crappy policies that made them flee California. They're doing this to Texas. They've done it to Montana, other states. Whenever people who are liberal by nature leave, it's almost like a dog who poops in their cage and can't wait to get out of their cage and go poop somewhere cleaner, right? Or a cat. Once the cat's gone in the cat box, they don't want to go back in the cat box. They'll go somewhere else in your house. And a lot of folks in California who are liberals, not everybody in California, my mother's there and a lot of great people live there, they don't get it. They don't get cause and effect. That's the problem. They can't wait to run to Nevada. And then if you ask them, why did you leave California? Well, because I can't afford it. The prices and the regulations and this and that and the other. Well, do you realize why you have those taxes and those regulations and those fees and all that ridiculousness, the rules you can't even buy a plastic bag for heaven's sake in the grocery store? It's ridiculous. And you ask them why, and they go, I don't know. Well, then those people shouldn't be coming to Nevada. They really shouldn't, because they're the ones who hurt the state. They're the ones who hurt Texas. They're the ones who hurt Montana. They're the ones who've hurt other states with their liberal stuff. And unfortunately, there's a huge amount of those people in Nevada now who just don't understand it. And the worst thing is, even if they come to Nevada and they're not big liberals, their frame of reference is a little skewed. So they'll say to themselves, oh, well, the property taxes aren't as high as they were in California. We could raise them a little bit. It's okay. It's for the children. Or it's not as bad as it was in Illinois or wherever they came from. And that's another factor that even conservative-minded people don't seem to understand. So what's destroying Nevada is the people coming from other states who left their garbage behind and unfortunately brought a lot of it with them. That's a huge factor. We've got a terrible governor for the next four years, uh, Steve Sisolak. And the thing about this year that's so frustrating to me is I know some decent people who are on the left, obviously, but some of the choices on the left between Aaron Ford and Steve Sisolak, some of these other people, they're not even decent human beings. That's the thing. The choices on the left were terrible, and there were some really good choices on the right. 
and yet they still didn't get elected. And there were people like Bob Beers who lost to someone no one ever heard of and some races like that. I'm not going to break down every single race. And then to top it all off with a Bing Cherry, who wins? A dead pimp in Pahrump. I mean, <laughs> that's one of the few Republicans who actually won an election night. What does that tell you about Nevada? It's just a shame. But here's the good news. If they muck it up as badly as I think they will and as quickly as I think they will, in 2020, this could be a huge factor to get Donald Trump reelected and also get Republicans put back in the legislature. Now, in fairness, I know that Governor Sandoval stuck us for the largest tax increase in the history of Nevada, followed second by Kenny Gwynn, another Republican. So all it takes to raise taxes in Nevada is a Republican. I get that. I've never defended Governor Sandoval for that. I've been very critical of him. But I think if the Democrats who are out to get money for everything and steal our guns and steal our rights are as obnoxious as I think they will be, I think there's going to be a backlash in 2020 and that'll be perfectly timed with a Trump reelection or somebody else on the right being reelected. I'm not sure if Trump's going to run for reelection in two years. If he does, I think it'll be great. Now, the problem with the Democrats is they really don't have any solutions to anything other than raising taxes. I know this is a deep point. And it's a little bit of preaching to the crowd if you're a conservative. But that's really their only solution. In other words, when they look at schools and the education system, all they want to do is raise more money. They don't understand the fact that everything in society begins in the home. Everything begins in the family. Everything. And if you've got children who can't read by the age of eight, and remember Governor Sandoval a couple of years ago gave his State of the State address, and he said, well, I'm going to make sure every kid in Nevada can read by the age of eight. At the time I heard him say that, I realized the ridiculousness of that. And I thought to myself, where are you going to put all these kids in third grade centers? Because a lot of kids at eight years old can't read. Now, how do you solve that problem? You don't solve it with money. If a parent can read, a child should be able to read. If you don't know how to teach your kid to read, get on YouTube. I mean, get off Facebook and get on YouTube or something else and find some ways to teach your child to read. Have your child sit down at the kitchen table and actually read out loud. There's no possible way that a parent cannot know that their kid is unable to read if they're paying attention. We have to get away from this thinking, and this, of course, is the left's thinking, that the schools will handle everything. They want to teach our kid everything. They want to teach our kids about the environment. They want to teach our kids about sex. They want to teach our kids about all kinds of things, and they can get away with it because a lot of parents have abdicated their sense of responsibility and let the schools do it. What's a school's job to teach my kid? No, it's not. It's your job to teach your kid. But the schools are happy to take that away from you. So let's think of it logically. The people who are on the left would like to have your kid in daycare from the time they're, well, birth would be good for them. They want their, your kid in preschool from the time they're three. Then they want to try to have them in after-school programs, and they want to try to get them to read, even though it's your job. They do all these things, but then they say, we need more and more money to do it. And they charge more and more taxes. They'll, I'm sure Sisolak's planning to raise property taxes. They've never seen a dollar they don't want to grab, but it's not solving the problem. Parents need to take some responsibility. I don't care how much money you spend per child in the school district. If a parent hasn't sat down with their kid at three, four, five years old, from the time their baby's reading to them at night, teaching them to read, teaching them various things they need to know, you know, how to put the lid back on a marker, how to tie their shoes, basic life skills. If 
The parents don't do it. There's no amount of money ever that Steve Sisolak or anybody else can get their paws on that will equalize things. I remember years ago, and this is one of the most memorable phone calls in my 20 years of talk radio. We were talking about the concept of all-day kindergarten, which I consider just nothing but daycare. I was never in kindergarten. I was in half-day when I was five. I was never in any kind of preschool. And I was reading like sixth grade level, they said, by the time I was in first grade. Whoopie-doo, I'm no genius. My mother taught me how to read. That's what they did back then. Anyway, we were talking about all-day kindergarten, and a guy called up and he said, Oh, I like all-day kindergarten because my little boy's been in all-day kindergarten for three weeks, and now he can count to five. Now, I was literally speechless, and I'm rarely speechless. This is a guy who's a perfect example of what the liberals want. He actually believes it's not his duty to teach his child how to count to five, and he's five years old. I have nursery once a month at my church. I take care of the little tiny ones, two, three, four years old. They can all count at three and four. They can count. They can count to 20 or sometimes more than that. They know a lot of their colors because their mothers spend the time with them. And so if you are not going to do one thing to help your kid learn anything between birth and kindergarten, that kindergarten teacher is never going to get you up to speed. They may get you up to speed to a certain extent, but if there's no reinforcement at home, parents don't care what you're learning, you are never going to be ahead of the kids like me who were reading at fifth and sixth grade level in first grade. You're never going to be ahead of us. And I'm, like I said, I'm not a genius. It's not about that. It's about parents who don't get involved. But Steve Sisolak and all these people on the left in the legislature are going to try to convince you that if we just spent a couple more thousand dollars per kid, then we'd solve all the problems. But all you have to do is look at the attitude of these folks. They can't stand education savings accounts because that takes money out of the schools, even though it takes, of course, the kids out of the schools. They don't like charter schools. They don't like private schools. They're constantly fighting for control of your child. Listen, if you're complaining about how many kids you have in a fourth grade class, why do you care if I take my kid out and put my kid in a private school? It's very simple. They want to control your child. It's not about educating. It's about controlling your child because if it was about education, They'd allow these teachers to kick the bad kids out of their classrooms and actually be able to teach the remainder of the kids. If you were a parent and you had a birthday party, let's say, for a bunch of nine-year-olds, and you had two or three of them acting up, what would you do? You'd call their parents and say, excuse me, can you come pick your kid up because they're not behaving well? And the rest of the kids can't have fun. That's what you do. Teachers can't do that. Administrators won't let them do that. The Higher-ups won't let them do that. The parents won't let them do that. They can't even teach. If the schools really cared about educating children, they would protect teachers. Every teacher I know, and I know some fantastic ones, they have left the school district. They've either retired or they're teaching in another state or they're teaching in a private school or a charter school or someplace else. And I'm talking fantastic teachers who really could benefit the kids in the school district. They are out of there. And it's not because of the kids. There are kids everywhere. They're still teaching. It's because the school district doesn't allow them to actually do their job. Once again, that's another thing that is never going to be solved by spending more money. So get ready for Sisolak and his crowd of people who are going to try to dump more money into the schools, which is going to accomplish nothing. It all starts with parents. It all starts with the family. And of course, the more you tax people, the harder it is for one parent to stay home and actually take care of their kids. People are working like maniacs just trying to keep their heads above water. That makes it more difficult for the kids. 
The liberals don't care about solutions. They just care about money and control. So get ready for a bumpy ride for the next couple of years in Nevada. But here's the ultimate thing you need to remember. God is ultimately in charge of all of this. He's going to handle it. And the way you live your life, the decisions that you make every single day to live your life correctly have more impact on the way your life goes than anything Steve Sisolak or the legislature or any of these blue folks in Nevada are going to have on your life. There's a great passage in the Bible. It's Proverbs 29.2. It says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people mourn. It's going to be a couple of years of tough, tough sledding in Nevada. But I'm hopeful because God's in charge and because it might make 2020 a lot better. Don't forget, the Heidi Harris Show is live weekdays, 8 to 10 a.m. at 670 a.m. KMZQ in Las Vegas. Check out my website, HeidiHarris.com. There's a link to my book. Pick it up. Don't pat me on the head. If you like radio, you'll be interested in this book. It kind of gives you some ideas of what goes on behind the scenes in talk radio. Don't pat me on the head. It's a title. Check it out at HeidiHarris.com. And don't forget to sign up for my free newsletter at HeidiHarris.com. You can also subscribe to these podcasts at iTunes. So don't miss it. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. Well.